Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Mahochko. Joining me, as always, Todd Wolverton. And in the uh, guest of honor chair this week, no John Damn Johnston. He is uh, on a family reunion trip uh, where all family, the, the, the destination of all destinations, Kansas, uh, so in his place, we are uh, bringing in uh, from coordination, of course, Nate McHugh. Nate the Great, unlike the Nate the Great from Ted Lasso, he's not going to do a heel turn at the end of season two. Uh, Nate, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing great. Fanta- fantastic to see you, I just want to say. Oh, thank you. You as Doc- well. Thank you, thank you, Todd. Uh, we let's let's peel back the curtain a little bit. Uh, Todd officially became the second coronation uh, contributor, writer, etc. Uh, that I've met in person in the flesh. I met him and his wife uh, this past Friday as they were traveling through my area on the way back to Council Tucky, and we had some fantastic barbecue. Uh, Todd, it was truly a privilege and a pleasure to meet you and the missus. Yeah, that was that was great, Greg. I'm glad we could do that. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, next time in that area, I will definitely ring you up. That was great barbecue. That was great. Uh, I think you said locally produced soda or it pop is. or whatever the proper term is from your neck of the woods. Um, it was it was a lot of fun to, to sit down and have some conversation and learn more about you. And and um, yeah, good times. Thank you. And, and proved. Uh, and I think Nate is in a similar category as you and myself uh, that we outkicked our coverage in the wife department. So <laughs> yeah, there is no, there's no question that, that I did. <laughs> uh, so agree with that. amen. Uh, well, let's get into it. Cause we don't know exactly how long uh, this episode is going to go, and we're going to touch on a few things. But I want to start with a a massive congratulations to the Husker softball team, a Big Ten champions for the first time ever. Uh, they they took care of some tough competition uh, there in East Lansing uh, for the Big Ten tournament last weekend, and, and were officially crowned champions on Saturday. So a big big. Shout out and props to them. Uh, Andy was there covering it live, and you can check out his uh, uh, thorough and entertaining recaps. Uh, I know we're not going to sit here and break it down, um, but, uh, you know, just I, Todd, I know you have kind of a, a personal, uh, I, I don't know, connection, um, yeah. but but you and Husker softball go back decades. Well, it, it appears so. Decades is kind of scary. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what. I, I took a lot of classes with Coach Ravel back uh, in the day. She played at Nebraska when I was a student there. And uh, I do remember going and watching actually her play in the uh, College World Series a long time ago uh, <laughs> when it was actually held in Omaha, Nebraska. And, uh, you know, now it's a, a big event down in Oklahoma City. But, uh, yeah, the softball team, Big Ten champs. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I feel great for, for Coach Ravel. She was under, you know, a lot of pressure a couple of years ago uh, for some things that came out that, uh, you know, whether they were true or not, I, you know, uh, it's, it's unfortunate she had to, to go through a lot of that. But uh, she's, um, 
she's brought this team along and uh, the seniors have, have turned out to be, you know, some true leaders on that team. And uh, it's fun. It's fun to watch them be successful. And, you know, I'm not the one who's coined this, but apparently uh, University of Nebraska, home of outstanding women's sports. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Uh, the Husker softball team, 40 game winners. Uh, they were regular season, second place finishers. And of course the uh, big 10 tournament champions, they're the number two seed in the Stillwater regional. Um, as a guy who doesn't follow it, you know, I, I, I follow the recaps. I don't, I'm not as proactive. Um, Todd, have you looked uh, at any of the, you know, like what the region looks like, regional, I should yeah. say, looks like for, for Nebraska and, and maybe uh, break down what you think their chances might be? Well, they're going to they're going to play their first game against North Texas State, who, you know, they won their conference and were automatic qualifiers. And, you know, uh, you can't look ahead. But, you know, when you're assigned to a regional, in this case at Stillwater, Oklahoma State is seated number seven. Um, but in Oklahoma State, they won the Big 12 championship. They beat Oklahoma, who had only had, I believe, one loss going into that game. Uh, they knocked them off in the, the Big 12 championship game. Uh, what, what you have to do is look under the surface a little bit. Oklahoma did not pitch their top pitcher in the Big 12 tournament at all. Um, she's uh, Jordan Balls from Papillion, uh, Papillion La Vista. Uh, she's had some uh, arm soreness, and uh, they're holding her, hopefully, for you know games further down the line. But uh, not taking anything away from, from Oklahoma State. They're a good, solid softball team. But, you know, Hey, Nebraska took three games from Michigan, from Michigan, perennial power, Michigan. And, you know, you got to think that uh, they got a shot against Oklahoma State. They have to beat them twice, uh, but, but they certainly have a chance to, to win in advance. Let me remember to uh, unmute my microphone. Let's move on to Nate's area of expertise. Once upon a time, you could catch Nate uh, talking about Huskerman's basketball on a podcast on this very network. Um, I don't remember the name of it. I don't think they've put out a show in three or four years. Um, but Nebraska ball, Nate, uh, got a, a transfer portal acquisition uh, from SMU, uh, a gentleman by the name of Emmanuel uh, Bandumel. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm only I hoping know, that I pronounced that right, by the way. I am a, uh, as of now, I'm about as much of an expert on Nebraska men's basketball as I am Nebraska softball. Uh, yeah, he's from SMU. Um, I guess he, he – I sure hope that it's a good uh, pickup. Um, I don't. I don't have much to offer you. You know, I, I a six four shooting my, guard. Um, my uh, okay. Yep. Keep going. Six uh, four listed at uh, weighing at uh, one hundred eighty pounds. Uh, he averaged ten point two points, two point nine rebounds, one point nine or one point four assists. That is uh, his first year, and uh, got up to ten point six points, just about four rebounds and one point eight assists per game last year so uh what position does he play 
shooting guard. My understanding. Okay. 30. We need a point guard. <laughs> hmm? We need a so, point guard? So we, we, yeah. I mean, sorry. That, that, would, that would make a, a huge difference if, if, you know, we get someone that can just control the ball and, you know, get us in the sets when we need to get in the sets. And that's what Hoiberg ended up doing the last half of the season is running a lot more sets. And, uh, and I don't know, you know, I think Hoiberg is trying to transition kind of like Scott Frost did, you know, thinking that, Oh, they could just do whatever or do their normal thing when they get into the big 10. I think Hoiberg is moving towards uh, bigger lineups, I guess Mm -hmm. I would say. And uh, so I hope that maybe he's adjusting. Uh, Hoiberg has said in the past, though, is, is that he, he runs different offense all the time. Like, it all depends on his personnel. Um, and so I guess we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Statist- I, I want to throw a few more stats out at you, Nate. Um, 35% from three yeah. and 82.3% from the foul line. I, I want to put into, and I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm oversimplifying things here. Thirty-five percent is seven out of twenty. I feel like that's not that great. Am, am I am I being too critical because I don't understand the bigger picture of basketball? Well, um, I guess you just hope that they see something in him that SMU maybe really didn't as much. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a, but when I saw the news and I was like, again, you know, and like, I thought this seems a little odd, but again, I haven't looked into him. I mean, really I haven't. And, well, uh, and you called me an, and you called me an expert. And so just so I can defend myself uh, for not knowing or bringing anything to, to the show, right. Is uh, yeah, I'm a basketball coach. I, however, write about football for coronation. So, um, so I think, you know, while we did have a podcast, one of the highest rated podcasts in the country, talking Pump about the college basketball. Pump <laughs> the brakes there, shoots. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but uh, so. I do want to say so, uh, a feather oh. in the cap of our, of our newest acquisition he has a higher three-point percentage than your boy LBJ. LeBron? Yeah, that's your boy. I know he's your favorite. You think he's the best of all time. Um, <clears throat> LeBron was 34.6. You should have saw him his rookie year in the NBA. They wouldn't even guard him at the three-point line. He was so bad. So he's, he's made a lot of improvements. I'm proud of him, you know, let me tell you. You would. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so anyway, uh, it, it's a it's an acquisition. It's it's some backcourt depth uh, and an experience for Hoiberg squad. And as we cruise along here, in the only way that I know how, which is quickly and inefficiently, uh, <laughs> we want to uh, uh, talk about a football acquisition. We are just ignoring the fact that Nebraska baseball is a thing right now. Um, So let's go with football acquisition because uh, a couple days ago, earlier this week, the Huskers picked up another transfer portal 
defender, the safety from Alabama by the name of Kane Williams. Take it away, somebody. Okay, I will. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's funny, you know, we, uh, and I'm not going to, I can't name the member of the media because I can't remember who it was, but they're, they're generally pretty critical of Frost. And he tweeted out, it was probably a week or two ago, you know, it's perplexing or whatever that they haven't addressed the safety position or the defensive back you know, backfield position. And it just, I just, you know, mind scratchingly, you know, frustrating all this and all of a sudden, boom, here, here's a four-star safety uh, from Alabama um, played on special teams. I think in two games, Um, that's an attempt to address an issue, you know? So it's like, sometimes they they get out like, Oh, they're, you know, we're failing at this and that. And all of a sudden, boom, transfer, you know, Uh, I've seen people compare him a larger uh, safety. They compared him to uh, Corey Cooper, who's a former Husker. Yeah. Uh, kind of a, uh, so I wonder if um, they say, I mean, he, he's pretty big. And I wonder Six, if maybe, two, two, oh, three. Yeah. And so, you know, I'd be interested to see, you know, what happens. I think it's four years left of eligibility remaining. And uh, I think it's a good get. I mean, any, and I, I would love to sit there and maybe in a year from now and ask him, okay, so you've been coached by Nick Saban and you went through their process, which obviously works, you know, and now, uh, what, 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 what are we doing this for? Cause I know where you're going with this. Okay. And, and sneaky slimy bastard. And, and what's the, it's like, so how, what's the difference, you know, in what, uh, you've experienced, you know, at Nebraska and what are we doing wrong? <laughs> no, I, I, anyways, that's all I really have on him. It's also weird that, you know, a couple of weeks back, people were lamenting the, the additions in the secondary because Williams is not the first person they've acquired. He's the sixth, you know, from, yeah, from all over the place, Arizona state, uh, you know, Garden City Community College, which I mean, it's community college, but it's a banger. CC, uh, JUCO, uh, Hutchinson Community College, same Northern Iowa. I mean, it's not. It's not like they haven't addressed. I don't. I don't understand people's issues. Like, uh, I'll say this, and and I think everybody knows it, regardless of what side of the, you know. Husker fan aisle you're on, we can be our own worst enemy more often than not. Yeah, Todd, Todd you gotta oh. unmute your mic. Todd, Todd, you're you're muted. God, I gotta remember that. <laughs> I would have been happier if the headline would have said Nebraska gets Alabama defensive tackle because mm-hmm. the defensive tackle came on the same visit as the defensive back. And I would have been a lot more excited had the big guy uh, committed to Nebraska. So, um, yeah, more depth in the defensive backfield. And, you know, they're going to have to cover guys. <laughs> they're going to have to cover guys really, really well if that defensive line can't put pressure on, on the quarterback. 
Todd, we talked like two weeks ago about all these new I know, members and of the I've, defensive given, line. I've given Coach Frost props for that. But one more big fella up front. One more. One more. Just well, then, then, then where's Nash going to go? Where's the polar get, polar bear going to go if you bring in polar one? Polar bear's not ready to play. He you can bench press. He can bench press the mutual of Omaha building, but he hasn't figured <laughs> out how to get off blocks or whatever it is. He's he he has you know he is he's as strong as they can be, but you know the polar bear isn't ready to be out there in prime time apparently. Harsh criticism, Todd. Ugh. I, I want to see him out there as much as the next guy, but they, they wouldn't be do. going after defensive linemen like they are if they were convinced that Nash was ready to go. And to that point, I think there's a difference between, you know, a, a defensive lineman who is 21 years old and maybe has one year of eligibility left and one who's I'm guessing Nash is 19 or maybe 20. I don't know. I'm probably screwing it up, but, but you know, who has not played a down of division one college football yet. So I get it. I I'm more or less just being a shithead. Hard to believe me, Todd being a shit. So, <laughs> or, or it would be nice to get more players who've been coached by Nick Saban. That'd be nice. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Nate, like if, Nate, what? I just said you weren't going to do a season two heel turn here. Well, 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 what's that? If you love Nick Saban so much, why don't you just go root for Alabama? Because I'm a Nebraska fan. I'm a Nebraska okay. football fan. And I, I don't – I mean, what's the well, – it's just like being a Cubs fan, okay? No, I, I no, was, because Nebraska was, has a history of winning. Okay. And trust me, I, I agree with that. But <laughs> that 2016 World Series – that is, that makes all of the losing worth it. So that's why you you, you just kind of stick stick with it. You know, it doesn't mean you have to go buy season tickets, but like you know, I'm not going to go poach some team just because they're winning right now. But plus, I write about them. I think that's kind of the another part of it. All right, fine, fine, uh, Nate. Jeez. All right. Um, at least for now, at the time of recording, maybe not necessarily the same at the time of publishing, but at least for now, no other recruits have committed. No other transfer guys have committed. So I would, with your permission, gentlemen, would like to turn the attention of this pod to the discussion of pods in general. In an old article, you got to go all the way back all the way back to mid-August of 2019. So think about that. It was an editorial by a couple of guys from Banner Society, uh, and it says every conference should replace divisions with pods. This article got shared in the you know Coronation Slack chat room because while the Pac-12 is not necessarily doing away with divisions, they are amending their conference rules, bylaws, whatever you want to say, to be like, yeah, the two teams with the top winning percentage in conference play will play for the conference championship in the in the Pac-12 conference championship game. Okay. Uh, 
then I, I mean, I, do you keep at that point divisions just for the sake of tradition? So you have a North and a South. I, well, let's turn the clock back 10, 11 years, something like that, when Nebraska first came to the Big Ten. And you had the legends and the leaders and the ridiculous nonsense that that was. I definitely am a believer in the geographic uh, divisions, but I want to first, Todd, let's start with you, get your take on the notion of maybe just either doing away with divisions or making it not a factor in your football championship games. I, I think that there are some, I don't know. I've, I've got some questions because, you know, with, um, with a lot of the structures that exist in sports and whether it's college or whether it's, you know, professional, you take winners of divisions and move them forward. Um, you know, there once upon a time, uh, you know, before we got into the give everyone a trophy mentality, you had to actually win a division to move ahead. Um, you know, there weren't wild cards. There weren't, um, you know, uh, tournaments with 64 teams, you know, and, and, you know, that type of thing. So if, if when, when, you, when you move towards championships, you tend to think along the ideas of, of um, you got to win something to advance. That being said, um, I loved the old Big Eight days, you know, where you played everybody in the conference and one team prevailed and that team got the Orange Bowl, um, got the Orange Bowl bid. Now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not I, I don't I'm not advocating going back to the to the Big Eight. That's not what I'm saying. But it was pretty clear cut. You had a conference champion and that champion moved on. Um, do we have to have conference playoffs? Uh, do we have to have that conference championship game? You know, if we're going to do away with divisions, if they can figure out some equitable way for the teams to play within the conference, uh, and then whoever, you know, wins the most games during the, you want to put, you want to put a focus on the regular season, get rid of the damn, get rid of the damn championship game. Whoever mm -hmm. Fails at the end of the season, they're the ones that advance and be done with it. And I, I like, I feel like to that extent, we're only so far away from having conference, I don't want to say conference champion tournament, but taking the top four and having semifinals and then having finals, you know, a, a week after that. And, and that's, I think it, it's a slippery slope. Uh, for sure, to because, like, I mean, realistically, I know the NFL now. They're I love how the NFL in the in the uh, mindfulness of safety they took off a preseason game just to tack it on at the end for a a seventeenth regular right. season game. Like, and you take away the one that you know, yeah, some guys are maybe you know fifty percent in it, and the guys who are trying to make the roster going hard, you know, whatever I understand, but don't tack it on at the end because that doesn't indicate that you care about player safety. You just care about games that more people are interested in and, and are therefore watching. I, and, and at the college level, I mean, it, it was, I don't know if it, I don't know, 
controversial, but just expanding the regular season, like the number of games in the regular season, you know, however many years back was like, do we need to have these guys playing, you know, from mid to late August, you know, now if they qualify, there's a championship game and then there's a bowl game. I mean, and now with the structure of the, of the college football playoffs, you're, you know, playing, you know, X amount of games, you're playing almost a, as many games as a really bad NFL team, like a Jacksonville Jaguars or Chicago Bears. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't help Nate. Sorry. Um, so I, I, I don't know. It, it, it the, I, I guess you know, as we continue this conversation, we'll talk about pods and, you know, like if they were to develop pods, which, pod would you want nebraska in but i want to finish up nate i want to get your thoughts on whether or not divisions are still relevant you know if you agree with with todd or if you you, even if you agree with him but have have a different mindset about like i agree with him but for these reasons i'd like to hear your thoughts on that nate the i like divisions as far as the big 10 goes for one reason, essentially, is what I don't want to see is if they scrap divisions, I, I promise you Ohio State and Michigan are going to play the last game of the season, right, of the regular season, right? And let's say they're both, you know, top 10 teams. They play each other. Well, whatever qualifications that they require to get into the conference championship game, because I think the Pac-12 – came out today and said that they're going to use winning percentage, right? Yeah, to, right. And, that, and that's who qualifies for the, the conference championship game. I don't want to see a Michigan-Ohio State game back-to-back, you know, like Michigan beats Ohio State, and then they go play in the conference championship a week later or two weeks later. I don't want to see that. And, I agree. I agree with and, you. And so it's just one of I, – I like the idea of divisions – also, because you it's kind of nice to play kind of the stable of teams every single year. And I like the idea. I like the fact that we play Northwestern every year, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois, you know. And so that's kind of my view. But um, if they got rid of them, I just want to make – and I don't know how you would have to do it, but – I don't want to see two teams play back to back because I promise you Michigan beats Ohio State. I bet you then if they were to play the conference championship game 10 times, Ohio State probably beats them eight. And all of a sudden that win that Michigan had over Ohio State doesn't even matter, you know? So, it, and, and it's also the, the boring part of watching the same game over and over or t- two times in a row. And you can't tell me, I, I agree. Like this is going to have to be something that's well established ahead of time, which uh, being, uh, you know, whatever criteria, you know, for for you know, obviously the the wins and winning percentage, total points for points against whatever it would have to be, because you can't tell me that uh, Big Ten executives, in order to make the most high profile matchup possible, aren't going to look at Ohio State, Michigan every year. You know, if it's close, if it. Well, if if records are equal and winning percentage in the conference is equal, well, how can we make sure that we get 
the game part. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the, the whole concept of pods, um, I'm not totally clear on, on what they're talking about with that structure, but I guess, you know, I kind of think about it uh, in terms of, um, um, international and, and to maybe some extent domestic, but you know, in world cup soccer, they have the, the pods or the pools of, of four. And they have a system that they use to assign them to that. And if the big 10, you know, uh, expanded to 16 teams and you can have four pods of four teams and you had a system in place uh, to assign those teams to those pods so that there was equity. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. If, if, but, but by the same token, then you also got a question, how important are the rivalries? And, you know, I, I like watching Nebraska play Iowa. I like watching Nebraska play Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> Nebraska should be playing Ohio State and Penn State every year. I mean, I know that that probably frosts a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of Husker fans because, you know, it, it might be tough to compete with them. But, Hell, that's why Nebraska joined the conference. They joined the conference to play those kinds of teams. Um, but by the same token, you know, you're going to have people arguing who gets to play Indiana every year, who gets to play Rutgers every year, you know, who gets who gets to play Nebraska every year since they've been, you know, pretty poor. You know, can you hear him? Can you hear him arguing in Chicago right now? Oh, geez, we got to play Michigan State every year, and we got to play Purdue every year. <laughs> You get to play Nebraska. <laughs> so, so hurtful. Illinois likes Illinois likes the fact that they get to play us. I mean, just about everyone does. But <laughs> anyway, so I have a question. So, if they did pods, because I think if the Big Ten were to expand west and add, you know, people think four of those uh, California teams, right? Or no, no, probably what Oregon, what Washington, UCLA, and you. USC. I think the more you add teams, the less rivalries are, are going to matter at all. I would right. think uh, because you just, I don't, I don't know. And if, but my question, I guess, is if they do pods, then are they, are they, are they going to change every year like World Cup? Or are you going to be in the same pod every year where, you know, Nebraska is with, you know, Iowa, Purdue, and Minnesota or something like that? You know, I, I'd be interested. You know, if they had a system where it changed every year, but then there's going to be years that you don't get to play Iowa, right? And so, I don't know. It's uh, That's why uh, Kevin Warren gets paid the big bucks, I guess. So, a lot of this came about just today because uh, uh, Scott Docterman, Do- Docterman? Anyway, Scott from uh, The Athletic, was reporting from the Big Ten meetings uh, talking about this very issue and in his tweet, and you can follow Scott Docterman if, if that's your choice uh, on Twitter, he says from big 10 meetings, ADs split on divisions, but all see uh, college football playoffs as primary focus. He says Penn state wants no divisions and won't argue for protected foes. Ohio state wants full cycle of opponents and rivalry preservation is key for Iowa and Minnesota. Uh, you go into the comments just a little bit here, and you can see uh, uh, 
Uh, actually, there's a Husker fan uh, that says, in terms of cross-divisional scheduling, oddities, none is more odd than NU playing OSU, uh, eight out of Nebraska's years in the leagues. Uh, he says, uh, for the record, as a Husker fan, don't mind. Love seeing great teams, and I'll bet OSU hasn't minded either, given how badly we, Nebraska, has sucked of late. And Scott replies, over the first six years of a nine-game schedule, uh, big from 2016 to 2021, Big Ten created semi-permanent foes with television appeal. That included Nebraska, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, Penn State, uh, Nebraska, or I believe Nebraska, well, I'm going, we'll say Northwestern, Northwestern, Michigan State, Maryland, Minnesota, Illinois, Rutgers, and Iowa, Purdue. The goal was to rotate all except for uh, Indiana, Purdue for six year cycles for 36 years. They overthought it, is what he says. I can't say I disagree. That's a long way of saying there's some things going down in Chicago <laughs> that uh, could affect the landscape of, of Big Ten football for years to come. Todd, you're muted again. But what I heard from that that just kind of frosts me a bit is television appeal. It had nothing to do with equity. And, you know, I could care less that Nebraska played OSU eight of 10 years. You know, again, I'll go back and say we joined the Big Ten Conference to play those teams. And, you know, who would – who would you rather go watch play in Memorial Stadium? Do you want to go watch Nebraska play Ohio State, or you want to go watch them play Indiana? Who do you want to watch them play? Who do you want to go watch play, Nate? Well, uh, <laughs> it, kind of on that same note is when we were talking about who would we who would we want in Nebraska's pod, right? Yeah, and it was three others, and some people, you know, some people said Iowa, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, right? I said, no, 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 no. I want Purdue. I want Illinois and Iowa because we, we're winning like three games a year. <laughs> and so it's like maybe when we start getting to like the eight, nine win type of average, maybe then we could take on Wisconsin and uh, Minnesota or whatever. And so anyways, to answer your question, I might enjoy playing Indiana because we, we're not winning a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nate, but no, Nate, I, 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 I'm gonna get, I'm gonna re rechristen you. You're no longer Nate the Great. You're negative Nate. I, I, I'm actually pretty usually. I'm usually pretty positive, but but no, Tom, I has he been positive much at all on this show tonight? Uh, I, th- I think he's been kind of even keel. Mm, um, but but I answer me this question, somebody, real quick here. So if the Big Ten goes to pods under its current arrangement is that seven team pods that just kind of get shuffled up every so often four four three and three no i have no idea and and maybe maybe out of our 12 games they ought to be playing you know nine games and three non-conference games that's what they do right now I thought they played eight and four. Are we nine and three? No, we're, we're nine and three. No. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Because the SEC is only doing eight. They're, they do they're eight, the and eight and four. Yeah. Okay. My bad. And so the argument we always that always happens is, you know, um, we're playing nine conference games, and that's why the SEC always has that one week where they're yeah. playing Mercer, you know, Central City, Nebraska. Citadel. You know, 
Yeah. So is 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 this even a stopgap to the reality that, you know, something came up from those talks that they had down in Arizona or wherever it was a couple of weeks ago? Um, and, and maybe it was I don't know, maybe it was. Oh, it was the Notre Dame A.D., you know, talking about how we're not that far away from, you know, the NCAA should wash their hands of Division One football totally. Mm-hmm. And and get to the you know let's just get down to brass tacks and have the the D one top dog conference and then everybody else does their thing and you know if that's forty eight teams or if that's sixty four teams you know uh, it would it would destroy conference align you know conferences mm-hmm. there'd be no conferences you would be part of this football league so if if that's where we're headed then why, why aren't we just, why are we doing this? Why are we continuing this charade? I think, I think you put it uh, right. It's a stopgap. They're trying to, I think, hold on to anything that resembles affiliation with the NCAA, right or wrong. I mean, in the NCAA, we all know has its problems. I'm not here to defend it, but um, I think if you, if you break from that, and, and maybe this is a deeper conversation that I'm not, I don't know, maybe privy to or smart enough for one of the two. Um, but if you break away from the NCAA, do you not also break away from the nonprofitness of, of that uh, uh, affiliation? Does that make sense? I, I would suspect that if they were to, if, college football and you like you said but you know the the big boys essentially uh go their own way they would just create another governing body somehow that would decide you know that because you know it 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 would be because they i've already heard like if if they if it goes goes to essentially a semi-professional i mean it's already kind of like that right it's getting there but like Northwestern said, we're not doing that, and so then Northwestern would be would not be a part of that D one group, I think. And I think like some of the California schools, they're not doing it. You know, Purdue. I wonder if they would do it. I mean, even Iowa, they're they're like hesitant to even start. I mean, they just started their collective for name, image, and likeness. Right. Iowa it, wants it, to go back to the nineteen eighties. Yes. They they do. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> I well, mean, to, to that point, though, um, what was it? Oh, I, what I would like, you know, as far as I, you know, I don't know if who was, you know, 48 teams, 64 teams, whatever it is. I think that if you go that route where you have, you know, the, the, the top dog level and then you have sub tiers, then you should be subjected to it. Like, like, let's go full out. So, and if you're, you know, bottom four, whatever bottom number, then you're relegated and you get to play down a level the next year. So you're talking about like soccer. You're talking English Premier League. Yeah. English, English. <laughs> I've been watching too much of that Ted Lasso. I'm sorry. Hey, it's a great, go. it's a great show, man. It's oh, fantastic. It's, so it's, it's so you know, good. But I, I, I don't disagree with something like that. And, but you know, what it what what I think it probably could come down to, and I, I hate to see this because I 
I don't know. I'm just an old fart. But I could seriously see a 32-team football conference. And those teams, whoever those 32 teams are, they just break away and they're going to do their thing and they're going to pull in all this television money and they're not going to give a crap about anything else. And I could, I could see something like that happen and it would be the death blow. And, but then maybe what happens, let those 32 teams go. Everybody will consider them to be, you know, kind of like NFL 2.0 or something like that. And then, you know, there's a lot of people that enjoy watching FCS football, and there's a lot of people that enjoy watching Division II football. You know, I mean, for, for how many years now has hashtag Maction been a thing, you know, to watch Mac football? Uh, you know, I mean, it's it, it, things like that take on a life of its own. I think a couple of things. One, I think 32 teams is a little light uh, because – when you look at even you take the power five and you take out a few, you know, select few, the Northwesterns possibly Purdue's, you know, some of the California schools, whatever. I still think you're correct me if I'm wrong. You're up to roughly 60 teams, aren't you? I I, I agree, but I tell you what, you, you, you listen to some of those sec schools and those types of folks, Mm -hmm. you know, you pull seven, eight, nine of those sec schools out. And then you go in and you take Clemson and you take Miami, Florida State, and you take Florida State and you bring in USC and Oregon. You know, all of a sudden you're up to 14, 15 schools. You got Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin. They got the money to do something like that. Texas, Oklahoma. Texas, Oklahoma. You know, they might be part of that. Not, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess. I wouldn't want to see it necessarily. And I'm not like, you know, old man, you know, like tradition. But it, I, I just don't. I, I think are, are we trying to over evolve the, the sport to suit the needs of the few, you know? Well, the SEC has basically said F you to everybody else. And that's not, it, it's UF. It's, it's not Florida University. It's University of Florida. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, well, they've well, peeled well, off Texas and Oklahoma. You know, I, I could see those sons of bitches just basically say, hey, we're the SEC we're going to play for the national championship among us because none of you other people can compete with us. Well, that's now, what ESPN wants like, them to do every year. <laughs> I don't know. No, you know, we're off tap, but you know, with, with all that's going on, I mean, you know, with, with the concept of, of uh, the NCAA chain or, you know, the powers that be saying you don't have to have divisions to have conference championship games. They're opening up scholarship, um, numbers again, you know, um, or changing that. You got name, image, and likeness. You got the transfer portal. Nobody knows right now how all of those things fit together. Right. And, you know, I've said it before on this podcast, I like name, image, and likeness, and I like the transfer portal. There needs to be rules and restrictions on both of them. But now, 
I mean, think about this. You got a transfer portal and you've got basically unlimited scholarships annually, as long as you stick at 85. You're going to have coaches out there that are going to sign 50 guys mm-hmm. and they're going to cut 35, 40 guys. And you want to talk about movement. Holy crap. And the portal right now, you know, there's a large percentage of those guys in the portal that are walk-ons that now are, are kind of looking for any kind of scholarship money they can find. But there's also scholarship players in there that aren't getting signed anywhere. And I guess what I'm saying about the portal is I don't have a problem at all with somebody saying they want to transfer one time and play immediately. I'm good with that. Um, if they want to move after a second time, then they're going to have to sit. But this whole thing right now, college football in particular, college basketball in particular, I just think that there, there's too many balls in the air and nobody knows how this is going to end up. Oh, I want to, if I were an athlete of high three, four-star caliber, something like that, these new unlimited uh, scholarship you know, signings would terrify the crap out of me for that reason. As you, you mentioned, because you, you get signed by Alabama, Texas, Ohio State, Nebraska, Wisconsin, wherever, and you're one of... 45, 50 other guys. You know that going in, probably half of you aren't making it. And then what? You know, then it's, you have to, you know, start all over. I, I, it, 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 I'm glad I didn't have to worry about that back when I was in high school and, and being courted by all those colleges, let me tell you. It was very cut and dry. You're going to come here. We're going to pay you. You're going to get an education. You're going to go out in the real world. That was my college experience. Todd knows a little bit about that from our uh, from our uh, early barbecue dinner last Friday. So, not not athletic at all. My scholarship zero athletic ability required, which is good because I have about zero athletic ability. But I I would be concerned as, as a as a you know soon to be college freshman about that anomaly of, of a, and maybe it's not going to be anomaly. Maybe it's going to be the rule and, and not so much the exception of signing a massive class. And then after spring or after, you know, whatever, one year, maybe getting cut and, you know, it, it's, I hate to say, it, but I think it's setting up a lot of guys for failure. I would say so. The transfer portal is as well. I, my, I, it, my, my hope is that you get rid of the 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 uh, one year or sorry the uh, the one time transfer we get to play immediately, unless unless and you can have some exceptions, and the exceptions would be if your if your head coach leaves, or your position coach leaves. Or if you, uh, you know, you can add other ones. Um, what about I, like train? Not maybe not transfer, but but transferring down, like going from Power Five to Group of Five, or from D one to FCS. That you know, you, you, you know, it, 
mean, maybe transferring down, maybe that could be another one. But I almost feel for some of these coaches that like Montana, you know, where they're almost like grooming kids to go play in Nebraska, you know, or to go play in Iowa State. Or, you know, it's like they're developing these kids. And then once they get good enough, then, I mean, that's the kids. And, that, and I'm happy for the kids, actually. Right. I think it's uh, that's that's cool, but it's like as as thinking I, about it as a coach, I mean, that, I mean that that would be extremely difficult. That I, you'd almost have to like, I don't know, recruit differently, or maybe you just accept the fact that we're a feeder system now. You know, that's just you know, and it's I, like that. It's like if you're, it's like a, being you're almost a JUCO coach now. You know, in some way. And a worst case scenario in a situation like a Montana coach who sees a star player go and play it at, you know, the next level up, uh, you know, at FBS, uh, for example. And then like the worst case scenario is that guy's going to get drafted by the green Bay Packers. Nobody wants that. Oh, that's uh, I'll agree with you on that. John's not here. I don't know if he'll listen, but that, that joke's for you, John. We're very happy for Samari Torre. Yes. Yeah, I, I completely understand what you guys are saying, and, and I don't disagree with that. I, I, I like what I'm hearing with, you know, the transfer portal where they're suggesting that there are, you know, short periods of time when a guy can declare and, you know, they can be recruited, you know, shortening that up. Because as it is right now, they pretty much can do it any time and, you know, put two little windows for the, for the transfer in there. I think the other thing, and, and this never occurred to me, is that while there are people that are saying that they're transferring, that they're committing, you know, they're not registering necessarily for school. You know, um, there, there needs to be some commitment on, you know, the side of the student athlete that, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to go in the transfer portal. I'm leaving Nebraska. And then all of a sudden they commit to go to, you know, Texas. Well, you know, they need to enroll at the University of Texas. And, you know, the clock needs to start ticking on that. Um, so, you know, the whole – I think one of the things that's just driving coaches nuts is this whole concept of roster management and, you know, really knowing who you're going to have. So there, there need to be some parameters on that. Here's, and, and, you know, Nate, you've, you've given some good examples of, you know, exceptions that ought to be made. I guess the way I kind of look at it, and maybe this goes back to um, that whole quote unquote, you know, you, you can allow for one mistake. Um, and that's why I don't think you ought to, you know, if a, if a, if a kid signs, you know, with um, Kentucky to play football, and he realizes, you know what, that was not a smart move. This is not a good move for me, you know. And he decides that he wants to move, you know, either closer to home or where somebody else can give him an opportunity. I don't have a problem at all with them making that decision one time and, you know, being immediately eligible to play. Because coaches can move on a whim. You know, and, and so many other things can change. And if it can just happen once, I, I think that that's, quote, unquote, fair, if you will. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I get your point. That's why I thought the exception of if your coach leaves, because coaches, like you said, they can leave. You know, they, they're, they're not required. To, they don't have to go sit out a year. You know, it's like, well, if that coach leaves, then that, and that should open the door. But, you know, I get it. It's like 
you know, if I had to go, to, I mean, if, if I had to go with the school in New Jersey or something like that, like at Rutgers, I'd be like, man, what did I sign myself up for? <laughs> I mean, the, or like all these Florida kids that, that came, you know, when frost first got here. And I think they're like, this is, it's cold. I mean, like, <laughs> this is, what did I sign up for? And yeah, you know, then they transfer. And so, uh, you know, I, I get it. It's like, it's, it's, uh, neither option is ideal in my, in my view, but it's just kind of like, guys set your feet somewhere, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I, for a long time was of the mind that kids pick schools and they commit to schools. And there are so, still some people out there with rose colored glasses that want to believe that that's not, they don't commit to schools, not, not the majority. They commit to a coach and yeah. So. I definitely agree with limiting the windows of transfer portal access. I don't think it should be done during the regular season. Um, and I say that I was almost going to say like till the end of the season, you know, uh, like after the national championship game um, and, and maybe there's, but there's, I think now such a small window between that and what, all right, Nate. Yeah. Oh, I'm outside. And we know this light is starting to attract bugs. It's well, getting to that time of year. It's that time Sorry. of year. That's okay. Um, you threw your phone and threw me off track. No, uh, it, but something after the, after the season and then after spring, after spring yeah. ball, you know, um, I, and, and limited like three weeks, three weeks to make a decision. And I know maybe that's too much of a, a restricted, yeah. Um, time frame for a lot of people who are making it now a life adjusting decision, but you you probably have feelers out there, you know, beforehand. You're like, hey, yo, coach, somewhere, um, or through Twitter, you know, people on that team or in that locker room, be like, hey, I'm not real happy in Athens, Georgia. I, I want to, you know, see what I can do elsewhere. Do you think coach might be interviewed? But I, I for sure don't like the idea of just be like transfer portal after the fourth week of the season. That's ridiculous. You, you know, the, what, what I think is going to be interesting is the coaches and the programs are, are they, you know, is Scott Frost planning on doing this 14 transfers a year to fill in holes or is he at some point, I, which I would hope we could get to a point where you, you're using the transfer portal as a couple band-aids here and there and not retooling your entire roster where like Iowa is going to, because this is what's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to tell you this is what's going to happen. We're getting all these shiny new toys, you know, and we're again, we are winning the off season. Iowa's not doing anything and they're just developing the players that get that show up on campus. Then they're going to beat us this year, you know? Stop and it's that. like, Nate. Oh, I, oh, I, but, 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 but it's like, we're always trying the quick fixes, but then again, I guess, you know, Frost is essentially, he's coaching for his lot, not his life, sorry, but his job. But, um, so there's I mean, two different ways to do it. And Michigan state's obviously been successful at retooling the entire team almost, but I was just going to live in the 1980s. Like 
Todd said, and they're just going to keep chugging along. And then Kirk Ferentz is going to die. And then his buddy, his, his uh, son is going to take over, and then uh-huh. they're going to win national championship after national championship. <laughs> I like how Todd's laughing at that because he, he doesn't believe it. If Kirk Ferentz's son takes over, I'll tell you what, there there will be a civil war in Southeast. Uh, Hawkeye fans hate his kid. They hate him. Oh, that's why we want it to happen then. <laughs> oh, <I> just... <laughs> no, and, and by the way, I, I don't I say that not wishing ill will on, on Kirk Ferentz. You know, I, I've got a um quantify or qualify some of these statements, but like I've had a boss who, and I don't say this lightly, I don't say this joke, but like, I feel like he was going to die at the radio station. That was his life. You know, that's all he did. He didn't have a wife, didn't have kids, had a cat, I think maybe, but you know, like he is going, he's not going to retire. He's just going to die in that position. And I feel like Kirk Ferentz is similar. Like he's, he's not going to retire because every few years they throw him a couple extra, uh, million dollars to extend his contract and, and, uh, uh, you know, play mediocre to good football against bad teams to have his best season in, in their recent memory and still get the shit kicked out of him. If I remember correctly, uh, in, in, you know, after the regular season. So yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the bar at Iowa. Hey, little Iowa Hawkeye trivia. Oh, smidge, smidge. What men's sport at the University of Iowa finished the year with the highest team grade point average? Water polo. That's close. Wrestling, no? Wrestling. Wrestling. When did wrestling ever high wrestling and gpas those never never have direct relationships john's uh uh, insults of wrestlers uh are are not john's todd's insults of wrestlers are are solely todd's opinions and do not reflect (laughs) uh the five heart podcast coordination sbnation.com or any of its subsidiaries uh hold todd accountable in the comments I don't think he's on Twitter. So <laughs> Todd says wrestlers are dumb, except for this one time. And and here's Actually, the thing: that's not, that just shows that everybody else at Iowa was dumb, not that the wrestlers are that smart. To, I guess Coach Brands was questioned about his team's GPA a few years ago, and that became a primary focus. And um, as he says, hey, we got guys graduating. They're going on to med school. Don't tell us about GPA. <laughs> salty, salty response. Um, we've covered some ground tonight. Uh, a lot of talk about, you know, what is ultimately speculation at best uh, with restructuring conferences, divisions, pods, uh, transfer portals, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, I agree with you guys. There need to be some more rules in place. Uh, there needs to be a, a regulatory body and God, 
God help us if it's the NBA or NCAA. I can't talk, which means it's a good time to shut this thing down. I uh, want to thank uh, a special guest uh, stepping in tonight, Mr. Nate McHugh, Negative Nate, a.k.a. Nate the Great. Um, we appreciate the yellow hue above Nate McHugh. Oh, oh, very, very, very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I, uh, my, my wife kicked me out of the house to do this, and this is our light above the porch. So there you go. Well, that's all right. You tell your wife. Thank you. Okay, I will. Thank, thanks for thanks for letting you be a part of the, the podcast this week. Uh, and as always, Todd, thank you. Thanks for joining us, uh, uh, being Mr. Reliable here. Thanks for, for uh, swinging by and, and uh, letting me treat you and your lovely wife to some barbecue last week. We'll have to do it again. And, yeah, next time you're in the uh, Belleville area, uh, it, depending on – time allotments i might have to take you more in town and get you some other barbecue some pizza we got some good feud feud food here in the uh, uh st louis metro east area so uh for todd for nate i'm greg mahachko this has been the five heart podcast where we remind you this and every week that five heart is all the heart you need take us home todd go big red hey greg be curious Believe.